Um, so I was going through treatment and um, I was at my, I think it was my second time I, I was getting internal radiation and uh, the oncologist had forgotten to prescribe a pain medication. And instead of paging the, the oncologist to ask them to put the orders in quick, the nurse decided to start asking me questions about if I've given birth to any children or, you know, kind of what my status was on that. So I looked at her and said, no. And in my head, I'm thinking I'm here being stripped of my fertility and you're asking if I've had children, like it just, it's a very sensitive subject. Um, it just, I was very emotional at the moment. Um, this was all happening too, uh, because I had filaments and everything kind of up there and um you're attached to a machine um so it's just a bizarre interaction and she replied well this is going to feel a lot like childbirth and they continued to pull out the device called a tandem and ring and if you want to know more um go go look it up on google images of what this thing looks like um because it's pretty barbaric that um, this is what has happened. Um, and it was the most excruciating pain I'd ever felt. And all I remember is the pressure and just crying I, on the table. And it just has, it's traumatized me um, to this day. I just think about that um, moment. And that's the closest thing I'm ever going to get to childbirth. So with that, uh, you said you were affected negatively, physically, uh, emotionally, mentally. Uh, that kind of leads into this question, which was you wanting uh, questions sent ahead of time. That way you could kind of rehearse, go over it, and, and think about that. So as far as side effects go, um, oh, the, yeah. the chemo had affected you that way, and what are some of the other ways that you've had to adapt or overcome each of those side effects? Yeah, it, I do ask for, for questions ahead of time because I'm just not quick. Uh, I, I joke because, um, you know, people, people talk about chemo brain all the time and they, they make a joke out of it, but it really, it, it just, it's a real thing. It's, um, a cognitive impairment, you really slow down. But other things that I've really kind of dealt with after treatment is uh, my bones weakening and thinning from radiation. So I'm really prone to osteoporosis. Um, I have radiation enteritis in my intestinal tract. Um, I have a lot of scarring, it's damaged. And where your digestive muscles work, um mine don't work like a normal person's would and it really creates this like a uh, domino effect where i have a bunch of stool and it backs up and like then i start having these really weird um spasms that are painful and it creates a whole vomiting and uh, vomiting induced night uh, every like three or four months. It sounds really lovely, I know. Um, but I also deal with uh, lymphedema and it's a, an incurable but maintainable um, swelling of my leg. So I wear compression stockings every day and I have a machine that has a pneumatic air um, that pushes my lymph through my system. And that um, affects just one leg and or both legs or? I actually have it in both legs, but one is more symptomatic. Um, the other one just doesn't really do as much. Um, 
for, for the fluid buildup. You have here listed 2018 falling out with your father. That's your biological father? Yep. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, in 2018, my uncle Dan was diagnosed with cancer. And it was a very aggressive cancer. So uh, basically, he had gone moved from Mercy to a hospice. And when you go to a hospice, you're only there for one reason. Right. Uh, so I spent a lot of time there with my family. Like, if I wasn't working, I was at the hospice visiting with them, making sure they had everything they needed, blah, 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 blah. And my dad had called me during all this, and I went over to his house, and he proceeded to chew me out because I was spending my time at the hospice with my family that was going through all this instead of sitting up in his loft apartment commiserating with him. And I basically was like, well, too fucking bad. I was like, you you should be up there as well. You shouldn't be hiding here. You should be there for our family as well. So Dan is his brother. brother. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I when I, I read through this this list, I had thought that like your uncle Dan was on your mother's side, nope. and then he was upset because you know you're spending time with nope. the other side. That's ridiculous. So now there is one thing he had just had uh, surgery where they removed part of his uh, intestines. Okay. And he had, like, a bag and everything that he had to poop in and everything. But he, he used that as an excuse, and I'm like, that's not an excuse. Uh, he's like, well, am I get infected? I'm like, Dad, there's already people there that are sick that have these things that aren't getting... It's not like they go to each room and fucking rub their hands all over everything. Right. Pardon the rubbing noise, but... Uh, and you could just be in the fucking waiting room. The waiting room's huge. It's got a fireplace. It's fucking gorgeous. It's a nice hospice. Yeah. Uh, but you need to be there for your family. And no, he didn't want to. So uh, we didn't talk much. Um, I got kind of, we went, we had gone there after my uncle had passed away because his daughter, my uncle's daughter, had bought a chair for her dad to sit in at my, uncle, my other uncle's house because he was staying with him while he was sick. And we went to go pick up that table or that chair and my dad needed help with his colostomy bag and nobody would help him. So I went in there and I helped him and I said maybe three words to him the whole time. I was like, and then when it was done, I was like, are we done? He's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, see ya. And I went and grabbed the chair and fucking jetted. And uh, so shortly after that, my buddy Roy, who was on the old podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, wanted, had been making his own mead and he wanted my dad to try it. And so he's like, would you, you, you want to drive up there? And I was like, no. And he's like, why? And I was like, because me and my dad aren't really talking right now. And he's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe this will help, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, whatever. So we drive all the way out to my uncle's house in uh, Indianola. Hmm. And uh, we get out there, and uh, Roy calls my dad. And, and he has him on speakerphone. And he's like, hey, Mark, what's up? You know, blah, blah, blah. I got this meat for you to try. And my dad's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I definitely want to try that. Uh, who's with you? And he goes, uh, well, Dave brought me out here. And then there's just silence. And then you hear my dad go, the person you've called is not available right now. <laughs> if you'd like to talk to him at some later date, please call back again. Click. And he said that? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So I was like, okay, reverse, fucking left. Don't talk to my dad at all until Dan's funeral, which was like a week and a half after the fact. And my dad shows up, and he is fishing for sympathy. Like, he's got fucking crutches, and he's walking like he's, you know, an ancient old man, even though I've already helped him clean this colostomy bag a few times at that point, and he was fine. And the first thing he does is he comes up and gives me a hug. And I was so blown away by this at this point that uh, it made me jump. And, like, I looked at who everyone was there, and everyone was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't know. Why is he hugging me? We haven't talked in like two weeks now. So we get through all that. And I actually, after my dad like stops hugging me, I actually took about a five step back and just stayed away from him. Cause at this point I'm just like, I'm done with all this. I'm done with dealing with this. Cause there's much more shit that goes back before all this happened that led sure, up to this. Sure. And, uh, we go to the wake after the funeral and we're all at my uncle's house in the front yard. And there's, like, food and stuff. And my brother Thorin had come. And him and my dad hadn't had a good relationship for a while. And 
Thorne was trying to like be a good son. And so you know, my dad started walking over and uh, Thorne was like, hey, dad, what's up? How you doing? And my friend Travis was standing by Thorne and dad walked right past Thorne and gave Travis a hug and said, how's it doing, son? Wow. And Whoa. that was it. I was done. I grabbed my kids. I grabbed my friends that I was with and I was like, we're leaving now. I have never loved wrestling more as a fan than when I quit wrestling as a performer. Like once you step away and you, and you get away from like wrestlers as people and you're just like, Oh, wrestlers are just superheroes. Like if I worked on a Marvel movie and I saw fucking Chris Hemsworth and like, you know, it was CGI all over his, his body and shit. You know what I mean? Like the, and um, doing stunts. And I got to see like the backstage stuff. I'd be like, oh, these are just dudes. These are just dudes doing stunts. And like, that's not really, you know, sure. the fucking God of Thunder. It's just a dude. That's how I felt about pro wrestling. I was like, these dudes are larger than life. They're real life superheroes. They do backflips and they don't get hurt. Um, and then you see the backstage sizes of stuff. And they're like, oh, it's just frat dudes, like athletic frat dudes. Um that do backflips off the top rope sometimes. And once I got away from that world, then I could like, I could kind of put myself back into, oh, these are superheroes. Like these are larger than life guys. So the the more I got away from that world, the more that I loved pro wrestling as a fan. And I I was a fan before I was a performer. And so to be able to, to love wrestling again, yeah, I have no regrets of leaving that that world behind for good because now I get to watch it again with it off and on during your whole relationship with it. Anyway, it was, um, I think it was just the, the company that I worked for. Cause I've been in other locker rooms, like just visiting because I wrestled for a little bit. And so I know still know people that will allow me to like go backstage. And, um, I think, I don't want to talk too much shit about 3X Wrestling, but We've already uh, had which we always do. But we, we already did a whole podcast. Yeah, about that. Um, I mean it's gone now. But I, uh, I, I definitely think it's where I, I chose to train and where I, I chose to, uh, to work because there is a lot of, there's a lot of locker rooms that aren't like that, um, and a lot of management teams that uh, are better organized. Let's just put it that way. Um, so yeah, it, it really wasn't a big thing, um, leaving wrestling behind. I don't really regret it. I miss training more than I miss performing. I miss like learning new moves and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't miss, I don't miss getting there the night before and setting up a wrestling ring and then being exhausted and then working, you know, your eight hour day job and then getting off and, uh, and wrestling and, and putting your, putting your body through hell for, uh, you know a hot dog and maybe $3 if you're lucky, you know, but you did end up with the photo of Bernie Sanders with, you. but I did end off. up with the photo, the photo of Bernie Sanders. That was a, uh, and that, that came and that's for a, a bit. That, that was like international. Yeah. That was, I was the, the top post on Reddit for like a day and a half. So that's like, that's the most famous I've ever been. I don't want to be responsible for breaking up a marriage. Uh, it, but it's so much fun when you do or or anything like that like i don't i don't want to be that person so if it if something comes to that and i know i'm the reason that they are having problems i'm going to step back and she she knew how i felt about it and i made it clear like look it you know i self sabotage a lot so you know we may make it we may not and she took that as a well, it kind of sounds like you're not committed. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What I mean, I'm... we didn't even use titles for several months. And yeah. I was like, and oh, so no. this is this is crazy, right? Okay. So I use titles for you. I mean, I so like, when I that's told Trevor's her, girlfriend. When I told her that, I was like, look, I don't want to be She moved in four hours after we met her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the reason for you guys to break up, but I'm like, you deserve this. Mm-hmm. You deserve better. And that's that was that was crazy to hear someone say that like i deserved these things and i was just like oh yeah i just treated her like how a fucking decent person would and she clearly wasn't getting that where she was Mm -hmm. so fast forward uh even even before i i got engaged with her it it took me 
a long time. A long because she was the first one to say I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like I moved in in a month. Um, he used the word word girlfriend when we were at paintball, and that was like f- three or four months into it. Yep. And I was just like, oh, like this is serious. Like I'd barely been living there. And, you know, it's just one of those things that gets in your head if the title isn't used. But you know, so so she was the first one to say I love you. Yep. And it took me months and months and months before I said it. It I like I held off and I think it was just shortly before I actually It was right after you proposed. Yeah. So it took me up to the proposal to actually say I love you. It was it was, and I and, and the and the way I explained Is that how you got her to say yes? Yeah, I mean, I mean so, you know, baiting her for so, you know, how So I'll, we'll get into that in a second. I, I, mean, get, I don't want to brag, but he, like he tells me he loves me every day. I know. So and he would, yeah. yeah, like and I told her I was like, look And I don't even put out. What a dick. <laughs> what an absolute dick. So like the th- the thing is, the reason why I didn't say it is because of my previous relationships because I've said it to two people mm-hmm. and those were both relationships that did not end well. Uh, that's not to say I still don't care for those people mm-hmm. or what have you. It's just, I had a very, I wouldn't say toxic notion, but I had a very uh, guarded uh, view on Saying those words. Saying that. No, I totally understand that. We talked about that last week during my episode as well, where I had tried the marriage and have kids and buy a house and have a family and do everything the quote unquote right way, the fucking American dream way. And it didn't work. And it was awful. It was, it ended me that being the worst like ending of any relationship I've ever had. So then all of 20, like most of 2018 before I met Amy was like, let's just run through women who do not want any sort of like commitment when it comes to family and that sort of thing. Um, And I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I just do the exact opposite of what I actually want because the things that I wanted didn't work before. And I'm sure like the things that you were giving previous relationships or previous women, those things that love and support and I love you's and whatever that you're supposed to do in a relationship, it didn't fucking work. So like, I'm not going to do that with this one because I don't want to fuck it up. Like it it gets in your mind. Yeah. And I will say like, I had kind of a similar situation where like, yep, I ended up marrying the first boyfriend I ever had. Yes. That like we were on and off for 10, 12 years. Um, You know, I just had this like, idealistic perception of like oh but no I love him so that's all that matters and really that's it's not all that matters really Um, there's a lot more that needs to be in that especially in a healthy relationship if you were and I know you're still young still want to travel I'm sure if you were to settle down where do you think you'd, you'd choose? That's the thing. Because at this point in my life, I'm more getting to that point now than I've ever been. I'm more. I'm not saying I'm close to it, but I'm the closest I've ever been to that yeah. point right it's now. It's on your mind a little bit more. It, much more, honestly, yeah. at this point right now. Just because with how unstable things because of this COVID stuff, mm-hmm. I, that's really what's done it. The whole COVID thing is really through my life, took a shit on it, and then I went out and did a bunch of psychedelics, and it was in the woods for a bunch of months, and I don't think I'm any better from doing that. <laughs> I think I'm probably worse. <laughs> He's going to end up being like Rambo, just out in the woods catching cobras. <laughs> I think I think COVID affected a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, it's really taken a detrimental blow to people's mental health since and, that's all started. So. And even we just went on a road trip uh, to Texas and back and you know went through Missouri and all that. And like so many of the little roadside shops and everything, they're destroyed they're just gone yeah and they run down because nobody's been there yeah yeah 100 percent, man so like all those small town businesses all the people that really rely on the, the world working normally has really like gone away by the wayside because of something like this so um it's definitely made me take a second look at kind of what i'm doing Almost i was like thinking about like a backup plan yeah so well i'm getting there really so like you know i'm doing this alaska thing to kind of scratch that last itch and mainly i want to do it just because i want to end it on my own accord i don't sure, really sure. like the idea of like some 
worldly event that I'm not in control of to say, like, you're fucking done with this. I think that's kind of whack. So I'm not going to be... So I'll do that. Uh, maybe do the New Zealand thing. I want to go hike the PCT the next year. And then really, like, after that, I'm, like, I'm kind of looking for a place to stay. Because, you know, like I was talking about, the people at the bar in Denver, like, having the buddies and having mm-hmm. that... Like I'm, I'm missing that part of my life, and I'm really just like getting to the point where I want to do that. So as far as like finding a place to do that, I'm really not quite sure because there's just a lot of different places that I could see myself living in. Just the thought of living somewhere has always kind of scared me. So I haven't really been, um, like I haven't been able to put that real good thought behind it, you know. But and the big thing too is like work, work and what I would do from day to day. I, that's what's gonna make me happy living in a place because that's what like scared me away from here it was not only the girl but like the work that I was doing in the place that I was at. I was just like, I, I was working for USIC, the locating company here. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know, I can go from this and be like an electrician or like work for Mid American, doing the gas, and then like I'll just be here. Is that gonna make me happy? I don't know. So I think finding a career or finding something that I can fall back on is what's going to drive me to want to be somewhere because that will open up like, okay, so I'm going to do this. So where can I do this at? You know? So, uh, for a while I was thinking about like getting a helicopter license or getting a pilot's license because I thought it'd be dope to just fly. I've always thought like being in the air is super cool. It's really pretty getting Mm -hmm. a bird's eye view of the world around. We are on the way down to Missouri, and it's dusk, you know, the sun's starting to set, and, uh, you know, I still have that feeling, like, I really want to use this knife, like, I really want to cleave something. So, I look over at the driver, I'm in the front passenger seat, my buddy John is driving, and I look over at my friend John, and I'm like, hey, out of curiosity, like... If we happen to see, like, an animal running next to the vehicle, like a deer or something, and it's running parallel to the vehicle, kind of keeping up with it, can I lean out the window and kill it? And he's like, sure, Gabe. I'm like, do you promise? He's like, yeah, Gabe. I'm like, sweet. Hell yeah. (laughs) So we have one other guy in the back who's directly behind me. His name is Brad. Okay. And then my girlfriend at the time and my future girlfriend (laughs) are actually in the vehicle behind us. This is important for later. So we're driving along. A little bit of time has passed. And I'm like, all right, John. So I know I said, you know, a deer or something. I'm like, can we just enlarge that to any large animal running parallel? He's like, so let me get this straight. You want me... If we see an animal running parallel to us at 65 miles an hour, you want to lean out the window and kill it with your knife. I'm like, absolutely. He's like, okay. I'm like, do you promise? He's like, yeah, Gabe, I promise. I'm like, sweet. Sun has just started to go down and up in the distance. I see it. I see a little red blinking light and it's too low to be a cell phone tower. I know what this is. Now, this was not the intention when I made him make this promise, but he promised. And a promise is a promise. You keep your promises. You know, you can ask any Rennie, you know, Heather Heather can tell you, a promise is a promise. You keep your promises. So, we're driving along, and I reach over, and I stretch, and I pop that seatbelt. And it slowly comes across. I'm like, it's getting hot in here, isn't it? Roll down my window. And uh, that little light is just blinking steadily, getting closer and closer and closer. And by the time you could make out the Amish buggy (laughs) on the side of the road that was running parallel with the road, I have grabbed a hold of the handle and I am out of the window to my knees with this 14-inch bladed knife. Swinging through the air, screaming, swerve! Swerve! <laughs> and he did, but he swerved the other way. <laughs> that bastard. So I get back in the car and I have this knife in my hand. I'm like, John, 
you promised. <laughs> you promised me that you would swerve and I could get that damn animal. <laughs> that that was the whole purpose of this agreement. You promised and you broke your promise. It was running parallel to the vehicle. And no, you know, you have ruined so much for me. You have ruined so much for everyone. He's like, what the hell were you going to do? I was like, I was going to field strip that bitch if I needed to. <laughs> He's like, how the hell were you going to do that? I'm like, I got grip strength for days. 16 years of blacksmithing, John. That's how I was going to do it. First swipe, you cut the harness, then you cut the jugular. You all field strip it at 65. I don't care. So he's like, what, what would we have done with a horse that you have successfully field stripped at 65 miles an hour? You know, what about the Amish guy? Oh, fuck Hamish. <laughs> so not five minutes after this little exchange, I still have the knife in my hand. We see a billboard, 24-hour taxidermist. <laughs> you can drop it off, give them, you call this little number, they will taxidermy it, let you know when it's done. And I'm like, see, John, see, we could have had a fucking taxidermied horse for fair. We could have drove that thing around, had little kids sit on it. It would have been great for the encampment. Who else has a fucking stuffed horse at a Ren fair? Like, we've got 10 tents, we've got a blacksmith, we got a cook, why not have a horse? <laughs> you know, everyone could have eaten, everyone would have been full. We pull into the site at fair, this is about an hour later, and it's on privately owned land, and they also own a 24-hour smokehouse. <laughs> specializing in wild game. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just fucking yelling at him we could we could have fucking smoked the meat we could have smoked the meat here we could have dropped off the hide we would have had a stuffed horse we would have been golden <laughs> now you ruined it yeah, you ruined it you ruined it you pr and i just kept repeating you promised <laughs> after everything we passed it's like you promised and you broke your promise so uh yeah heather got me lunch from la me because i Ooh, oh, fancy. I love Lamy. Right? That salad was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't eat it for like a day or two. <laughs> but it was, it's, I mean, it was close enough to our anniversary. I was like, well, if I'm bringing him lunch, like, I might as well bring an anniversary gift. And I had kind of purchased some things along the way and thought, yeah, why not? Like, I'm going to do it. I'll just put, so I like, rushed over to Target on the way to get food to get a box, get a filler, and trying to, like, put this somewhat semblance of a clusterfuck together. Um, get the food, head over to his work, and on my way, I was like, oh, shoot. You know, it'd be really great if I get, like, a reaction video from one of his coworkers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, like, the piece de resistance that this gift is going to be I got to get and, a reaction. And I got to preface this by saying, like, she gets me stuff all the time. So it's, n I'm not like, I'm not thinking anything grand or anything. Cause I don't know what that's like. <laughs> it's, it's just her habit. Of her you don't, getting you things. don't know what it's like to get someone something all the time or to receive something all the time. Uh, get someone something. Like I was going to say, cause store. I'm broke as fuck. So I don't know how you're getting all these things. It's not me. So, yeah, so I come walking into work, into his work. Um, his coworkers already taking video, but totally did not position myself well because then when he goes to open this box, um, his back is totally to it. So I'll let you see the box. Is yeah. this the anniversary gift? Yeah. yeah. It is. So... The video. Uh, if this is a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. No. <laughs> Stella jumped. What the fuck is this? It's something that we, you know. What is it? Is it oh, shit. Is it I don't think. I don't, oh, shit. I don't think Austin. Saw oh, it. my God. Oh, my God. Wait, are you pregnant? Yeah. What? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. 
Yo! <laughs> it took you a second. This is the most adorable See? little baby. Is this a fucking baby blanket? Yeah, it's, it's a little oh, one. Oh, I thought to... it was a... Never mind. I'm not going to tell you what it was. <laughs> but yeah, it says... So, because, you know, it's uh, the weekend that uh, Doctor Strange, Mar- uh, Multiverse of Madness is coming out. Um, this is one of the onesies I have gotten a while back um, before... Yeah, I knew I was pregnant. Apparently, I'm very convincing as a woman. I've always thought so. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you had that. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) So, um, to further that, um, one night I'm getting ready to make dinner and I'm sitting there uh, flipping through because I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm just, I'm bored with it. I don't want to get on it anymore, Um, you know. And the whole reason why I did it was because I was, you know, bored at work, but I was also curious to see what women went through uh, on Tinder. So it was kind of a learning experience. So, man, it's wild. <laughs> but right as I'm about ready to delete it, uh, I match with someone. I stop making food. I start hyperventilating to the point where I almost pass out because of the person I came across. I show Heather. Heather starts laughing. Turns out... It was my brother. Yep. So, and this is this is before I matched with him. I hit like. Turns out we matched. Few days, uh, I message him because I didn't hear anything from him. Uh, a few days go by. I'm like, I message again, because you know at that point if he's not messaging back, it's whatever. I don't care. And I was already giving him crap because he just wouldn't, like, he never messaged me, like, me personally. Like, we just don't talk a whole lot. And he, uh, he's messaging this girl that I'm supposed to be more than he's talking to me. So as it turns out, uh, we talked for a bit. And I, I gotta say, like, maybe, maybe wear makeup and grow tits. And he talk to you more. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. Maybe. Either one of those are too hard. Yeah. Right. So, so um, I got to say, like, completely up front, like, my brother, I'm proud of him. He's very nice, very respectful, um, did not turn into a fuckboy at any point. He was just very, very polite and courteous, and so I'm proud of him. But decided, hey, let's... Let's meet up for a date. We we and we talked about stuff like uh, like games and stuff, stuff that I could comfortably talk about passing off as a girl. You know what I mean? So uh, we set up a date. He asked me if I've ever been to Up Down. I go, oh no, I don't know what that is. You know, I'm a girl from. <laughs> I like Washington. how your voice changed. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I never heard of it. So you sounded like Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, ignorant. So the thing is, um. We were supposed to be leaving for Kansas City for a rent fair. Uh, but I wanted to make it a point to set up this thing and, and get it all done before we head out. And it w- I wasn't expecting to stay long, but... So I get there, I order a couple drinks, and I'm just sitting there in the in the basement part, you know? And uh, I have a drink sitting next to me, and I thought I saw him. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then uh, I see him walk down the stairs, and he looks at me and he goes... I'm like, hey, that's weird. What are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a date, and he's all, he had, he was confused why I was there, and uh, so I'm like, oh, really? And the best thing ever was the fact that he goes, oh yeah, uh, I'm looking for her right now. She says she's here. I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yes. You're not catfishing me, are ya? <laughs> it gives me a nudge. I'm like, oh no, am I? And we're like, ha 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 ha. Are you? I'm like, am I? <laughs> <laughs> and so he whips out his phone, te- texts this girl, and and is like, for some reason, my brother's here. And he's like, where are you? And then your phone chimes. And I, I I open my phone up. I'm like, am I? <laughs> he's like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> and so. 
and so he he says he's like I'm not even mad like that's pretty fucking good like that's funny. He's like I was like, and he was about ready to leave. I'm like no 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 wait wait this is why I brought drinks like I'm making it up to you. <laughs> and uh, actually it turned out in a pretty good hangout time so pretty good date yeah. A video game actually got me into cosplay. <laughs> it's this really old one. It's called Haunting Ground. Okay. It's like a PS2 game, I think. You probably know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah, I have no it idea. It goes for a lot of money now, and I've been looking, and it's so expensive. It, yeah, it's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, But I saw the main character, and I was like, I don't know why, but I want to dress as her. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be her. And so I started like looking it up, and I was like, wow, people dress as like, these characters, and I thought that was so cool. I was probably like in middle school or something. I was in middle school. <laughs> and so I was like, I want to do this. What is this? And so I got more into it. And then my first like character that I did was from an anime. And it was called Code Geass. Mm. Um, yeah, I couldn't finish that anime. It's so much emotional damage. <laughs> uh, and that was like my first cosplay. I did like the character C2. And then... My dad took me to my first convention before he passed. Uh, well, a friend went with me first. We went to Wizard World Des Moines uh, mm. the first year it was here. And my dad went the second day. And he, he, was, uh, he was really sick with cancer. And he was, like, on chemo and stuff. So he had his backpack on and everything. But he went with me, and he loved it. And we saw, like, a Batman. Batman was his favorite. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, look, it's like Batman. And, and he, like, followed me around, and we just had a blast. But, um... We, uh, I don't know, like, that was my first convention, and ever since then, like, I don't want to say it's an addiction, but, like, you get kind of a high from it, and, like, every time I walk into a new convention, I just, like, want to cry. <laughs> so we had talked about, uh, with Gabriel, about how, like, his weapon making had evolved over the years, and he said it really hadn't, um, and you had mentioned that you had, like, multiple iterations of different characters mm -hmm. with their, um, their costumes and mm -hmm. kind of how you, how you dress as them, so, um... Can you talk a little bit about how cosplay has evolved for you from maybe the first time you've done it to how uh, elaborate some some of the costumes have gotten um, and how uh, elaborate maybe embodying those characters like with the poses mm -hmm. and the voice and those type of things, how, how that's evolved and how it's gotten maybe better over the years? Um, so I started out being like really shy and like I don't know what to do. Uh, to kind of just like bringing the characters to life and wanting to be that person, wanting to be somebody else. Because I mean, real life sucks. <laughs> and being like the it super badass, be like <laughs> being like the super badass character, like like Jinx is so much fun and she's crazy and she's she's fun and she just she just doesn't give a shit and she's like just she's like really out there and I'm not like that in real life. So it's fun to like be someone different and to have more confidence to be that person, even if it's not really you. Remember when we went down to Texas and I was like, hey, <laughs> I got a bunch of free booze. <laughs> and so like... Uh, Do you remember when you gave us like fucking room temperature? That was the same thing. X, like uh, beyond the expiration date, rum chata. Yeah, that was oh. the same thing. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Yeah. The, no. Okay. So the thing is, the story of our fucking friendship. We had a we had a bunch of uh, while I was working at uh, said gas station. I'm cutting all of this, so don't worry. Uh, while I was working over at Come and Go, um, that looks delicious. It's just my water. like <laughs> we were we were tossing stuff out, so it, like everything would be like on clearance, and mm -hmm. if it hit a certain point, then we're just going to toss the rest, right. and we couldn't do anything. So, uh, boss asked me like. Hey, for like five, ten bucks, do you want all of this? I'm like, I'm going to Texas for like a week. Okay. <laughs> and so I packed it all up in the trunk of my car. And uh, day of uh, us leaving, everyone's meeting up at my place. Uh, we get back there and... I was like, hey, you guys want a drink? I got like a bunch of free booze. <laughs> no. So I opened the trunk. And we're like, all right, which 
what do you guys want? What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's picking some, and we we all go up to like go up inside the apartment, and we're getting ready to do some like corny ass toast or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> That's the day that I learned that you don't drink rum chata out of your best friend's trunk. <laughs> lesson, I've, lesson learned. Yeah, I've learned. Yeah, my lesson learned. Yeah. yeah, I was a real ass adult at this point. I should have known better, but <laughs> some of us are late bloomers, I guess. So uh, there was someone that got a hold of me and was like, "Hey, you want to hook up? You want to do this?" And this is a friend, and uh, this is. Back when I lived over by uh, Bucks Arena, oh. that, that studio. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where we lived together for like three weeks. <clears throat> yeah. So they hit me up and they're like, hey, you want to, like, I'm, I'm in the area. You want to hook up? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so we get together and, or uh, before we get together, she's like, hey, I want to try something. I'm like, all right. She's like, go to Walmart, get this. I'm like. Oh, okay. So I go to Walmart. I buy the thing. I get back. And she just happens to get there at the same time that I uh, get back. So we're getting ready to get down to business. And she's like, <laughs> to hey, defeat the Huns. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. where my mind went to. <laughs> so she's like, so you, you got it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm pulling out. Yeah, you did. And uh, I, I go to open open the box to to get it out, and there's nothing in the box. And I'm upset because I just spent twenty bucks on something that I clearly don't have. What I'm upset about is the fact that not only did I spend twenty bucks on this thing, uh, I now have to go back and <laughs> demand either a refund or. <laughs> get a replacement to the people at Walmart. <laughs> oh. So, what it is... That's what I was waiting for. What it is, is, uh, I guess, this numbing cream to make you last longer. Huh. Oh, cool. And I was like, I mean, I, I'm all right, but like, if, if you want to go rounds, we'll go rounds. And so... I'm embarrassed going back in. And they're like, yeah, we can't do returns. Or I'm like, what the fuck do oh, you mean? I uh, and I, so I started getting in a fight with them at Walmart over this cream for my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can't, we can't do exchanges or returns. I'm like, but so, there was nothing in the box. I'm not wasting 20 bucks to buy a box. It's so not that, an exchange or return if I never got like, anything to exchange. So there I was, bricked up in a Walmart. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> There's, I, and I, I tried being as cool as I could about, uh, could be about it, and I was like, "Look, you really think I would come back to Walmart after being here 15 minutes ago to buy cream for my dick to make me last longer? You really think I'd I'd come back and want to do this interaction with you? You really think I want to like? Ask I didn't want to buy dick cream the first time, <laughs> right?" Okay, here we go. Okay, so he shrinks. This is episode one. This is how we start episode the fucking one. three episodes. This is Season 11 three. minutes into the show. I like I how, how he just, just... Buddy hops over cocaine. The, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Is it accurate? What do you think? I rock your fucking dick. What do you think the moral of the story of this is? I, don't do drugs? Yeah. You'll see why. Oh, I, I'm sure I do. I know exactly what's about to happen, I'm sure. Well, you know what, exactly what's oh, going to happen. Yeah, I've oh, seen there it. had oh, to have been God. research oh. on what does the inside of the penis look like. Ask any urologist, they'll know. Get to the prostate. <laughs> this is going to be the best, like, two minutes in the history of this podcast. Oh, God. Oh, no. See, you know oh. it's going to happen the first time you see him do that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. At least he looks upset about it. Oh, 
So he's like got the proportionate strength of a fucking. Oh, he's gonna go up his ass. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? Is that a Ziploc bag? <laughs> Is it a bag of cocaine? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Well, he's overdosed. <laughs> Told ya. Wow. Yeah. That was a lot. That was a lot in uh, three minutes. minutes. <laughs> it's only 14 <laughs> minutes into the first episode of the show. This was long before we knew that she was in accountant okay why did you put that in quotes an accountant this would this is another thing you would know if you had tiktok that's the accountant is the uh is, is uh it, it means that they do um uh they they do corn they do a lot of corn they're big they're big corn fans so uh-huh yeah um, so she's an she's an accountant. I get I get what you're talking okay, about. I yeah. just don't understand she why it's her. an accountant. There was a there was a song. Oh yeah, yeah on TikTok. This is see, and then like you look at that, and it's all it's all wholesome, adorable content, right? And then you go to the other links that are available on her Instagram, and then it is not so wholesome. It is materials in orifices why did you say corn <laughs> instead of porn i don't know because your kids this are isn't here. fucking youtube i don't know because there are children present well, kids. <laughs> no i love how you're censoring than i do <laughs> i love how you're censoring yourself and i'm sitting here like anal destruction <laughs> volume six <laughs> no um i also like to play that game Except it's, it's the best game. Except at this point, my wife has become so aware of like my TikTok taste. Like mm-hmm. she shares the same. I'll put it that way. And so <laughs> she'll send me some and be like, "Hey, check this one out." See, sometimes you can tell because sometimes our content is very like it's not subtle. No, and then sometimes. You just get someone that collects like stuffed animals, right? And you're or, like, "Wow, this is adorable, wholesome content." Like, I'm I'm glad this this internet celebrity is in my life to make me smile. Mm-hmm. And now she makes me smile in a different way. <laughs> makes your penis and then, smile because and she, then... <laughs> she does my taxes. You know what I'm saying? And then she makes you sad. Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> she makes me sad. <laughs> You guys ever get that like uh, post ejaculation? Just like, what have I done with myself? <laughs> what have I done with myself six times today? You know, you know? whoa, that's. Yeah. I'm gonna do it again. But it's little, starting to a hurt. A little bit of an insight into Austin's life that I didn't really need. <laughs> I'm unemployed. <laughs> I have nothing Damn. else to do. He beat me to it. Get a fucking hobby. <laughs> that, that is my hobby. I'm getting to know myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual deviant. <laughs> we just need to get him into Warhammer. I don't. I'm not into Warhammer. That is my Warhammer. <laughs> so we decide that we're going to create an inside joke with our listeners, and we're going to do everything on the up and up for the intro, make it seem like it's a normal episode. So there's about two and a half, three minutes of an intro, like you're used to, like you're accustomed to, akin to every other episode we've ever released. The ice cream truck intro music plays. And then I say one sentence, and then it's one continuous bleep for an hour and four minutes. And then if you skip ahead, which I'm sure none of you did because the bleep is very annoying, but if you skip ahead to about the last seven seconds of the episode, um... Trepper basically says, yeah, that about covers it. And that's the end of the episode. So we, we, we release this, uh, 
this podcast. This is our idea to do a what we call a heavily edited episode of the podcast. What makes it better is Friday morning. Or, or sorry, go back in the story. Thursday night, we publish that we're no longer putting out an episode about this business. We're we're going to publish a heavily edited episode in um that will that will please the attorneys that will um not say anything that may be interpreted as uh, defamatory or false um confidential about this business so that post i won't say it goes viral but it does get a lot of traction and there's a lot of people that are legitimately interested in hearing this story. Friday morning, I get another email from the attorney addressed to myself, not only myself, but the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. It, it's actually directly mentioning which, the podcast now which as opposed gives to legitimacy to our podcast that an attorney is talking about the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. This second email does not demand because they cannot demand legally, but asks politely if they can receive an advanced copy of the podcast we plan to release on Sunday. So we do. So I email him a link to our Google drive that has the full podcast, the full one hour and eight minute podcast. Here's the thing. We all know that it is a continuous bleep for an hour and four minutes. And I highly doubt that any of our listeners sat through an hour and four minutes of one continuous bleep tone. But this man is a paid attorney, and his job is to make damn sure that we didn't sneak anything that in the middle of it. we didn't sneak anything in the middle of it. So unless this man has a program like I have, an, uh, an audio editing software that shows him the waveform that clearly would indicate that it is one continuous tone for an hour and four minutes, if he does not have a program like that, which why would he, then this man was forced to sit through an hour and four minutes of nothing but bleeps to ensure that nothing negative or confidential or defamatory was released about his client. And in my opinion, the, the one hour bleep the inside joke with our listeners is far funnier than anything we could have actually released today. But it makes it better that a, an attorney was paid actual human money <laughs> to sit and listen to our bullshit troll in order to ensure that this entity does not have anything negative or confidential or untrue said on this podcast well around the time that we found this game uh, and started making our own mixes i had started making um aggressive and violent hip-hop music um and the first beats that i ever rapped to were made in the hip-hop club of this ej club world so um See, I actually went with the the techno. Yeah, I did a lot of that, techno. That but. that was my favorite. It, it just had better sounds. Yeah. So basically, what happened and and how I got started making music, um, gosh, when I was thirteen, two thousand two, yeah, thirteen. Uh, so in middle school, was we used one of those like long stick microphones that you get at Walmart for like a webcam, um from way back in the day uh shitty quality awful quality and we would put it up next to like an inch or two inches away from the speaker in the front of a big box tv uh this is back before flat screens kids 
and we would let it play and we would record from the stick microphone to a TV speaker into my grandparents' desktop computer. <laughs> then uh, we would take that same stick microphone, I would sit at the computer desk and I would wrap my lyrics over this very low quality shitty beat. Now, herein lies the problem. You have to record the 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 TV. You can't stick a memory card into a computer. So that's the only way to record it. I lived in a house with two grandparents and two siblings. And so I would have to get them to shut up uh, in order to record both the music and the lyrics. Um, so a lot of times my early music that was recorded in like 2002 would have like bacon sizzling in the background oh. or like wheel of fortune in the background or good old pat say jack yeah or like my, <laughs> my grandfather like disciplining one of his grandchildren <laughs> in the background uh so that was the early musical styling yo that's beat is fire oh no it's just my granddad beating his ass <laughs> you never hit us you never hit us <laughs> Well, okay, for one, we had a tire blow, like, Oof. the first Sunday mm. out, um, and we were, like, 15 miles out of uh, Indianola on a backcountry road. Nathan was trying to go to work. Obviously, he didn't make it that day, and um, was rescued by Santa, of all people. Um, <laughs> so, please, you know... Please explain. Okay, so... Um, He's out on this back country road and like we're trying to call insurance. They're like, oh, there's 10 people ahead of you because it's 4th of July weekend. Sure. And so they're, they're like, there's 10 people to get towed ahead of you. And we're like, it's 105 degrees outside. It's terrible. The cats and I are completely alone at this campsite. There's no one else there for like four or five hours. And I am freaked out. I'm like, I'm going to get murdered this morning. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was um, weird. But so uh, eventually this this old man in this red, white, and blue striped overalls, no shirt, <laughs> a red, white, and blue cowboy hat and sneakers pulls up. And he's got this big white beard. And he's got a cochlear implant. And so Nathan can, like, talk to him, but, like, barely, you know? And he's got his grandson with him. And he's like, I promise I'll be back. I'm, I'll come help you. I'm going to go to town and get some stuff. And four hours later or so, he shows back up. And he has everything to help Nathan change the tire. Um, unfortunately, our spare was pretty much flat, too. So that was a bad mm, thing to find out. Gotcha. But he made it into town. But as they're, you know, finishing up, Nathan's like, hey, I never got your name. And the guy hands him this card and winks at him. And it's it almost looks like an oil painting. It's a, it's a something picture. you never want. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> something you absolutely want. That sounds like a Disney movie. <laughs> it does. It, it was. It was so Disney-like. And like so like it says Fred Fox on the card. And I swear I've met this guy before. But then he has like this picture of him as, as Santa Claus. And he looks like those perfect oil paintings of Santa Claus with the rosy cheeks and the pure like white hair. Like a Coca-Cola ad. Love that. Yes, like a Coca-Cola oh, ad. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. I, was like, I think I've seen this guy. He's the cutest old man ever. And and he was so sweet. He's like, I, prom I told you I'd come back. I'm a man of my word. And he, so he got saved by Santa. He starts running away and all of a sudden <laughs> just drops to all fours and turns into a polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. Well, my other biggest thing is, is that I also fell out of love with video games. I was not oh. allowed to play video games growing up. Sure. Oh. Um, my grand, I was raised by my grandmother. And Same. she was, uh, video games are for boys, blah, 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 blah. I, I also have a sibling and he was the golden child and I am trash. So, but I found out growing up that, well, after I grew up that my grandma just prefers boys over girls. And sure. I found this out from my aunt, from her own daughter, her oldest daughter. And yeah, so it's like, it, it made a lot more sense after finding it out like oh sure. okay yeah this this is why it doesn't help but this is why when did you start getting into video games was it much later in life or um i kind of started when i was 16 17 years old when i met my fiance husband whatever we want to call him we've been together for like eight years this time around so almost nine years yeah this, no this time around was there like well, a we, we like dated in high school like the cats were like yeah that's not right <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we dated in high school about eight or nine years mom was like confirmed <laughs> i did my independent research and <laughs> online stalking <laughs> but uh i could see momo just being a shit poster <laughs> i see him sitting at like a like a surface Troll. pro <laughs> momo just momo's, that little momo's memes <laughs> <laughs> sorry so uh met 
You said in high school? Yep, we met in high school. We had mutual friends and uh yeah, we just kind of ended up starting up dating and we were together for about a year. Um he was a year ahead of me, so he graduated and then joined the Marine Corps and we had a bunch of kind of stupid petty high school drama that happened on during during that and we broke up and then uh he moved back in like 2013, 2014 and we started hanging out again and he was going through a divorce with his ex-wife and had two kids. And so fucking same, (laughs) same. And yeah, I just kind of like, I was trying to get out of a shitty ass relationship and his parents who had, you know, loved me from the moment we met, they were just like, Hey, why don't you move in here with us? I'm like, yeah, this won't be weird at all. Moving in with my ex-boyfriend and his parents and his now two kids. Yeah, this won't be weird at all. And we ended up getting an apartment together and we were just like, we weren't dating. We were just kind of. Working roommates. on our own thing, yeah, and I, but it's like, like, like and we were. It was were like roommates, <laughs> basically, <laughs> the epitome of that. But it's like I was helping him with his kids because she wasn't really the ex-wife wasn't really in like the picture. She was kind of busy doing her own like single woman thing, and. Then we just said, I was like, all right, you know, I got to get over the fact that you know he doesn't want to be with me. He's got a girlfriend. I'm gonna, you know, try online dating. I, do not recommend. Momo agrees. Do not recommend. <laughs> He's like, I tried to find a lover on Cat Tinder, and uh, I just, you know. He's more of a single boy. You would think you'd use plenty of fish. <laughs> God damn it. That is an A plus God pun, my friend. damn it. Opportunity missed, oh. but picked up. Um, oh, Man, he picks up most of my fumbles, so that's, that's why we keep him around. <laughs> I worked with a guy at Wells Fargo whose wife, like the whole reason that they got divorced was his wife cheated on him with Polly Shore. No shit. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He was, he did a show at like the, it's called the funny bone. Yeah. Here in town. Yeah. He did, did a show at the funny bone. Huh? Yeah. And just straight up bagged this dude's wife while he was in Des Moines and it led to their divorce. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Polly Shore is that good looking of a guy to be cheating on your husband with. He's all right. Let me ask you a question. Last question I'm going to ask this podcast. Okay. And probably shouldn't do that with your wife in the same building with us right now. No, 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 go for it. What's the ugliest celebrity you would cheat on your spouse with? The ugliest celebrity? Holy shit. That's a... That's That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, What's the least attractive... Celebrity, male or female, uh, Willem Dafoe. Damn, that's a good answer. Fuck, I did not expect you to come up with that answer that quickly. I was stalling for time to come up with my own answer. Fuck, Willem Dafoe's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be the ultimate answer. Because I don't think anyone's going to be like Willem Dafoe is a attractive human. He's not. He's not. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Yeah. Yep. Is that how we end it? You got to come up with an answer, motherfucker. Oh fuck. Um. You. Ooh. You did this to yourself. Google. What I, are the ugliest celebrities? Okay. Okay. How about this? How about this? I'm gonna throw you one. Yes or no? Okay. Steve Buscemi. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. For there, the st- there, end it there. You ever just like you ever just say yes to things for the story? <laughs> You're like, I know this is a bad idea, but like five years from now, I'm gonna talk about it on a podcast. Yeah, that's that's why I would fuck Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah. Just to come back to this table and be like, guys, you're not gonna believe what happened. <laughs> April 2018, I, I went on a vacation down to uh, the Gulf Coast of Mississippi down by New Orleans. Um, and I met I met this homeless person at a burger restaurant right on the beach, right on the Gulf. And he he just he gets up at dawn, right? And he goes and he 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 basically asks people for money with a sign cardboard sign with sharpie marker on it and he stays out there until he gets enough money 
to buy like one burger or one meal. And he eats at the same burger shop where I met him every day. And then he sleeps on the beach under the stars. And that man has not worked in probably 20 years. And it's the happiest human being I've ever met in my life. Um, he's like, I wake up with the sun. Um, I fall asleep under the stars and, and the sounds of, of water hitting the beach. Um, I eat like the most delicious cheeseburger in the world like every day. Um, and yeah, I beg people for money, but at the same time, like I get, I get to meet new people every day. And like, we go ahead. It seems like, and this is just what I'm getting from what you said so far is that it seems like the less he had, the more appreciative of everything he that he did have did have. Yeah, um, he he valued um, in a weird way when you're forced to rely on others um, for your next meal. Um, this is kind of how he explained it to me is that when you, when you rely on other people, you, you value the generosity of others uh, far more than if you didn't have to do that, you know? Mm-hmm.